Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by TennisTours.com, where you can receive a $25 discount off your next purchase of professional tennis events, tickets, and travel packages. Before we get started with today's show, I'm wondering if any of you out there are experienced in writing iPhone or iPad applications. I'm, I'd really like to get an Essential Tennis iPhone application going, and one for Android, uh, the Android platform as well. And uh, if that's something that you think would be fun to work on and you'd like to to give me a hand in getting an application out there like that, please shoot me an email. I'd I'd appreciate it very much. My email address is ian, I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. Thanks very much. And let's go ahead and get started with today's show. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's get started with today's topic, which I think is really interesting and one that you guys are going to enjoy. Our question today comes from Romulo in Brazil. He wrote to me and said, As my technique improves more and more, I realize that to win in tennis, you need more than just sharp technique. So I start to study the strategy, tactics, and mental parts of the game. I'm just a beginner in those topics, but so far, one thing is clear to me. To know yourself is just as important as knowing your opponent's weaknesses and weapons. Ramulo, that's a really good observation. I'll continue with his question here. Knowing that, it would help me and probably a lot of people if you analyze the most important types of players you have in tennis. Counterpuncher, all-court player, etc. How I identify my style of game and how I work to improve it. I'm reading quite a lot about it, and one thing in particular is problematic for me. The game style is, is the game style something natural or chosen? Do I start as a counterpuncher by only having ground strokes and a baseline game, work through the middle court to be an aggressive player, and then get a grip on net play to serve and volley, and after mastering all the court, turn into an all-court player, and only then make an informed decision about my game? Well, I think that this would be... Uh, I, I think this is just the beginning of my doubts as I go deeper on this new ground. Any insights would be helpful. Well, Ramula, really good observations and good question as well. And to be honest with you, this is something that I hadn't really considered before. Obviously, I'm very aware of different styles and, and generalities of, of tennis players and the different kind of ways that we enjoy being on the courts and and maybe different parts of our game that are stronger than others. Everybody has different parts and sections of their game that they prefer over others. Uh, There's not a whole lot of people that are just good at everything, and uh, we're going to get to that in detail a little bit later. But I, I had never really thought about the connection between making a conscious choice of wanting to be a certain style of player as opposed to just being a natural type of player. 
So I, I had a, a good time thinking about this. I, I enjoyed thinking about it and uh, in, in creating the outline for, ta- for today's show. And I'm going to go into some pretty good detail, kind of like last week's show, where I really focused on the topic of watching the ball. We're probably going to spend all of today's show on this topic, and I'm going to be outlining four main types of, of tennis player styles that I think there are. We're also going to talk about um, a professional for each style that I, I think probably represents that style the best, and I'm going to tell you guys how to improve each of these styles. And I, I want you guys, while I'm talking about these different types of players, I want you guys to be thinking about your own game and trying to figure out which of these styles fits you best so that when I get to the part about improving, you'll know in general what to work on next to continue advancing your game. So let's go ahead and start talking about the the different types of players. And I'd like to start off by saying that these are definitely generalities, all right? I mean, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody has a little bit different skill set and has different strengths and weaknesses, and there can be some overlap between these four really main types of players. Um, but that being said, most more than likely, all of you guys listening are, are probably going to most cleanly fit into one of the four of these categories. So listen closely and see which one you are. The first one I want to talk about is the counterpuncher slash pusher slash defensive baseline type player. And this is a type of player that we're all very familiar with. It's a very common style of tennis. And it's uh, it depends on who you are, but it's probably the easiest way to start off uh, by not hitting anything fancy, not being very aggressive, just keeping the ball in play. And kind of the hallmarks of this type of player are being very comfortable on the baseline, usually doesn't like, like to dictate point play, simply meaning uh, that this type of player doesn't really feel comfortable being assertive, is not very comfortable being aggressive, and is much more comfortable allowing his or her opponent to dictate play and simply kind of absorbing their pace and just putting the ball back in play. Also, usually, uh, usually this player makes very few unforced errors and simply waits, waits for his opponents to make mistakes. And it could be easily argued that this is a very kind of pure and fundamental style of tennis. After all, uh, you can only win a point if you keep the ball in play. And so this type of player is really, at the core of it, really playing really solid tennis. They're, they're really focusing on not making mistakes, just keeping the ball in play, usually not a whole lot of power or aggressiveness behind their shots. And this type of player is usually very frustrating for recreational type tennis players to play. And oftentimes, recreational players want to try to hit those big shots. They want to try to hit winners and be aggressive. And when they come up against a pusher or a counterpuncher or whatever you want to call it, it can be frustrating to make mistakes and feel like the other person didn't really beat you, but you kind of beat yourself because of the errors that you made. And so this can be a really frustrating type of player to play. Usually this player does not like the net very much. They'll stay away from the net and just keep the ball in play. Now, a professional player example of this, uh, the first person that came to mind for me was Leighton Hewitt. Leighton Hewitt is definitely a counterpuncher type player, does not have big weapons from behind the baseline, 
Don't get me wrong, he's got great ground strokes. Um, he has some skills at the net, but uh, definitely not terribly comfortable up there. He'd rather stay away from the net and keep the ball and play back from the baseline. And he waits, for the most part, for errors from his opponents. Now, if this is, if this is you, if you're this type of player who's kind of passive, uh, doesn't mind running down a ton of shots, just keeping it in play, and that's about it, to improve, you want to work on hitting short and weak shots aggressively. You want to develop some weapons, and it's very possible that you're successful right now at your own level of play, but if you want to move up a whole nother level and start beating players that are a level above you right now, it is important that eventually you start developing some some weapons and some aggressive shots. So work specifically on short, weak shots uh, hit towards you. Work on hitting those aggressively. You're going to need to learn how to hit some topspin to keep those safe. Also, work on your net game. Get a little more comfortable up there so that when you do get that weak shot and you attack on it, you can follow it forwards and work on putting the ball away at the net. Also, work on creating pace and topspin from back at the baseline. Work on being a little bit more pressuring from back behind the baseline where, where you're usually playing your points. So that's the counterpuncher, pusher, defensive type player. By the way, uh, I did a whole podcast on how to beat this type of player uh, some time ago. I want to say it was uh, episode 30 or maybe episode 40. Go to the archives and, and download that show. It's only about how to beat uh, this type of player. Now, the next style of play is the aggressive baseline player. This type of person is, again, very comfortable on the baseline, just like the, the counterpuncher. However, this person loves hitting the ball hard and dictating play. This person is most comfortable and is having the most amount of fun when they're really unloading on the ball and, and going for big shots. This person typically has very little patience. Just, you know, will take the very first opportunity that they get and just go for a winner and very often this person has uh, either a really good day or a really bad day on the court and not a whole lot in between. And it kind of depends on if this player is on or not. In other words, uh, when this person is really comfortable and really timing his or her swings well that day and really hitting the ball well, this person is really tough to beat by somebody at their own level because they're just hitting everything big and and making it. However, when this type of player is, ha is having a little bit of an off day, it can be a disaster because he or she will just make a ton of unforced errors due to their aggressive gameplay. If you're a little bit off and play really aggressively, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So that's kind of the downfall of the aggressive baseline player. An example of this player in the professional ranks would be James Blake. And it's not that I'm saying that James Blake is not a smart player. But um, I've seen him play in person. I've watched him play on TV many times. He loves to hit the ball hard. He hit, definitely hits the ball a little bit flatter than most of his peers. And he just likes to go for big shots. Uh, and kind of like what I described a second ago, he's either really on or he's making a lot of mistakes that day. And it's kind of you know a big swing back and forth. And a lot of times there's not a whole lot of in-between uh, for James Blake. Now, to improve... If you're this type of player, if you're an aggressive baseline player, you want to work on developing rhythm from the baseline. Rather than developing pace and power, you want to be able to keep a certain pace of shot in play over and over and over again. And that'll probably mean that you take a little bit of pace off your shots on average in general, but you want to find a pace, a speed to hit the ball at that is consistent, 
but still confident without being overly aggressive and making a lot of errors. Um, th- this is something that uh, I'll give a shout out to, to Brian Mark of the, of the forums. He's been working on this. He would definitely be uh, in this category of, of an aggressive baseline player. He loves to hit the ball hard. Um, he likes the, the net too, so he's not 100% a baseline player. But recently, he's really made some big strides in his game by working on his rhythm and being able to hit back and forth, back and forth, still at a confident pace, but at a consistent speed and at a speed that he can manage. Lastly, this type of player typically needs to work on their net game as well. Not always. Like I said a second ago, Brian is definitely an aggressive baseline player, but also likes to be at the net. He plays quite a bit of doubles. But in general, usually aggressive baseline players would much rather let the ball bounce and don't like the net a whole lot. So working on their net game is usually a good thing. All right, style number three is the net rusher. This person would much rather be at the net taking the ball out of the air than letting it bounce. Usually they don't like to rally from the baseline. They're not not as comfortable hitting ground strokes. And this type of player usually moves in on just about everything. As soon as they get their first opportunity, even if it's not a good one, they immediately move into the net because that's just where they're comfortable. They feel like a fish out of water when they're back behind the baseline and having to hit a, a couple of ground strokes in a row. A professional example of this would be Taylor Dent. Taylor Dent will, will serve and volley on every serve the entire match and on a, on a fast court will also uh, hit, hit return of serves and move right in after return of serves. I mean, he'll come in off of just about everything. It's rare to see him play an entire point from the baseline. He'll usually come in at some point. And and by the way, I love watching uh, Taylor Dent. Um, It's an exciting style of tennis to watch. There's always a lot of action. And he had an an awesome match last year at the U.S. Open. Um, I'm forgetting who he was playing. I think it was a Spanish player. But an amazing match at the U.S. Open. It was a night match. Now, if you're this type of player, if you're a net rusher, and by the way, this, this style of player is, I don't want to say going the way of the, of the dinosaur, but definitely more and more rare these days to have somebody who's more comfortable at the net than at the baseline. If you are this type of player, you need to work on your technique and confidence on the baseline. Kind of goes without saying. You need to, to work on identifying the correct times to move into the net as well. Oftentimes, these types of players will move in off of just absolutely everything. And an aggressive net rusher will really benefit themselves a lot by working on being patient and coming into the net when it really makes the most amount of sense. And that means being able to hit a couple of ground strokes and waiting for your opportunity before you do move in. Don't just move in off of everything. Be patient. Rally some ground strokes. Wait until you have uh, the upper hand in a point and then use that opportunity to attack. Otherwise, you kind of, I mean, it, it can be very effective against some players to always pressure off of everything and always move in. But against somebody with confident ground strokes, you'll find yourself getting passed a lot. <laughs> and so against that type of player, it's really good to be able to take your time and wait and sh- kind of pick and choose your opportunities. So that's number three, the net rusher. And now we come to number four, the last kind of main style of play. And that is the all-court player, the the fabled all-court player, somebody who's just as comfortable at the net as at the baseline. This person has no obvious big holes in their game, and 
they're they're just kind of they're pretty solid at everything and and this is a tough player to play obviously and you guys will honestly you'll you'll rarely play somebody like this now you might play somebody a half a level or a level above you that seems like they do absolutely everything well and everything perfectly and they don't ever make any mistakes um but the reality is most players um i I'm definitely at least ninety percent of tennis players have some stroke in their game that they're just not very comfortable with, and it's your job to figure out what that is um but an all court player is in general pretty good at everything pretty solid a professional example of this and, and you know this is the real obvious one Roger Federer doesn't really have a stroke that's a, a big weakness sometimes he he'll have days where his backhand isn't that solid, but for the most part, he's comfortable from the baseline. He's also comfortable at the net. He's definitely competent up there. He's he's played some doubles, and um, he he can hit an amazing shot from anywhere on the court, and that's a really rare quality. There's not a whole lot of players like this, in my opinion. Uh, among recreational players, uh, the, the two main styles that you that you guys are going to see are either the counter puncher or pusher, defensive type baseline player or an aggressive baseline player. Those are by far the two most common styles you're going to see, or maybe something in between. Uh, somebody who you wouldn't really say is a counterpuncher, but doesn't just blast everything from the baseline as well. Those are the two most common things. If you are an all-court player, now be honest with yourself, <laughs> if you are an all-court player and every, every part of your game is pretty solid, you just want to continue to work on everything together. Make sure that you don't just focus on one part of your game. Make sure that everything continues to improve uh, both your net game and your baseline game and your, your tactics, your serve, your return. Try to work on everything at once. And, and that, that can be tough. But most of us have some kind of weakness that we know we should really spend a lot of time on that. I guess uh, <laughs> the downfall of an all-court player is that they have to really even everything out and, and spend equal time on everything. So Ramula, th- there's the four main types of, of tennis styles. In my opinion, uh, th- those are the four most common ones that I see. Um, some of them are more common than others, but I think all of you listening should be able to put yourselves into one of those four categories. Again, it was counterpuncher or pusher, aggressive baseline player, net rusher, or all-court player. Before we get to the next section of my outline on this topic, I want to remind you guys about the sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast, and that is Championship Tennis Tours. You can find them at tennistours.com. They've been putting together travel packages and tennis tickets to professional events since 1987, and I'm going to tell you guys again about the incredible packages that they have available for the U.S. Open this year. It all starts with picking your choice of tickets, and you can choose between courtside, lodge, or promenade tickets. Next up, you get to choose between uh, two different hotels, a four-star and a five-star hotel, the W Hotel in Times Square or the Essex House Hotel, both in, in New York City, obviously. Next up, you get to choose between either a Broadway performance of your choice, a ticket to a Mets game, a Yankees game, or you get to have a a city tour around New York City. While you go back and forth between these things, you get the use of a limousine shuttle uh, to the U.S. Open and, and to your hotel as well. Also, you get a ticket, and an invitation to a cocktail party at Times Square, that's going to be exclusively for Championship Tennis Tours and the Essential Tennis Podcast. How awesome is that? So you guys get to not only not only experience New York City, 
You get to experience the U.S. Open. You get to go watch top-level professional tennis. And you also get an exclusive cocktail party in Times Square. And I'm going to do my best to be there myself. Hopefully I will be. I'd love to see some of the Open this year. But Championship Tennis Tours is who is making all of this possible. Go check out the pricing on this package. I mean, it's how can you possibly beat that package and uh, that combination of different events and ways to to experience the Open and the city as well at the same time? So go to TennisTours.com, and when you check out, make sure to use the promotional code ESSENTIAL with a capital E. You'll receive a $25 discount off of your purchase, and that is how you will also receive your invitation to the cocktail party during the U.S. Open in Times Square. Please show them your support by making a purchase. If you're not interested in this package, you can go there just to, to purchase individual tickets as well. You don't have to go for the, the big shebang, although definitely check that out. So show them your appreciation for their support of the Essential Tennis Podcast. I thank them very much for their support. All right, let's keep moving ahead with today's topic. And the next section I'd like to talk about is whether or not style is a natural thing or it's chosen by the player and and decides that this is going to be my style of play. In my experience, it's definitely a combination of both. And I'd like to use myself as as an example here. Um, And we're going to talk about kind of physical skills and and abilities first and what naturally makes somebody a certain style or, or type of player. Um, natural physical things or abilities that I have are, um, I'm, I have pretty good anticipation. I have good hands, uh, and touch. I'm relatively quick. And I also have a lefty serve. I'm, I'm a left-handed player. Most returners do not like returning lefty serves. So the combination of all those things together would make me either a counter puncher back at the baseline or a, a good net player. And I, and I loved being at the net for all of those reasons that I just listed. Anticipation, hands, quickness, lefty serve. Uh, on the flip side, physically, I'm not a very big person. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm six feet tall and, and just right around 160 pounds. Back when I was playing in college, I was only, only like 145, uh, 150 on a good day. And also my backhand is a big weakness of mine. It's my biggest, biggest weakness. So when you put together the my lack of size and relative strength and my weak uh, backhand back at the baseline, I would show you guys that I, it would probably not be smart for me to be a big baseline player, either a, a counter puncher or a, an aggressive baseline player. Uh, more than likely, my skill set would make me a better net player. And that's the case. I'm, I'm better at doubles than I am at singles most of the time. I, I love to be at the net and against somebody who's even with me or a, a level above me, I'm usually not very good back at the baseline. I kind of get picked apart very often at the baseline because of, uh, again, the combination of not being very big and strong and having my backhand ground stroke be a, a definite weakness. So against somebody who's definitely a half a level, level better than me, I usually like to try to get to the net as often as possible to, to make the best use of my, my skills. So there's some examples of kind of a natural skill set and how it can kind of steer you or, or should steer you towards a certain style of play. 
also personality is a you know a natural thing that all of us are kind of born with or um i mean i'm not a psychologist but uh i think most of us are probably born with a certain person with certain personality traits i'm sure they're also developed as we uh as we grow up and, and become you know adults but personality can also definitely have uh, can be a factor in picking out a, a game style. Um, oftentimes, laid back people are are counter punchers or, or uh, baseline players that just like to keep the ball in play, outgoing and um, extroverted people very often are aggressive baseline players or net rushers. They like to make things happen. They they like to really initiate. Um, now, this is certainly not always the case. Sometimes it's exactly the opposite, but it can also, I just wanted to throw, throw that out there as another kind of natural way that game styles uh, become developed for, for tennis players. I think it's kind of a combination of, of personality traits and physical skills and abilities. Now, on the flip side of the coin, you can definitely choose a game style that you want to develop as well. You can, I guess, I mean, you guys can choose. You can go purely based off of your physical skills and your your personality and, and the way you like to play out there and the way that your strokes kind of fall into place. You can also simply choose what you want to develop and what you want to spend the most amount of time on when you practice. And that can shape you as a tennis player, no doubt. Um, figure out what appeals to you most on the court and the, the type of play that seems most attractive and fun to you when you do go out and play tennis and work on that. There's, just because I have a weak backhand doesn't mean that I can't go out there and just drill the heck out of my backhand for like two months and just really work on that and focus on that. Leave the rest of my game alone for a while, uh, continue to practice it, cer- certainly maintain it, but really spend the most amount of time on my backhand so that I can become more of a baseline player. I could definitely do that. Now, if at the end of those two months, my backhand is the same, <laughs> I'm going to be really frustrated, first of all. But second of all, that would be a really strong indicator that being an aggressive baseline player is probably not for me. And I probably don't want to play all of my points from the baseline. I want to use what is kind of naturally given to me. And I want to continue coming up to the net because of my different skill sets. But th- this is a choice all of you guys can make. And Romulo, there's there's no wrong answer to this. Um, you're, just choose whatever you think is going to be most fun to you, what you really want to work on, what you admire the most in other players, and, and go after that. I, I think you, you might be overthinking this a little bit too much. Um, you want to develop all different parts of your game, but as far as what style you want to play during competitive points, that's something that you can definitely pick and choose and, and try different stuff out and see what works best for you. Just two more things I, I want to hit on before we wrap up today's show. First of all, Romulo talked about a progression through different styles, and I think this was a really good observation by him. He talked about how very often beginning tennis players start off as essentially a counterpuncher. Uh, they work on their ground strokes first, and then once they become good at that, they'll maybe start working on their neck game and then kind of try to put everything together. And I think that's a really good observation, uh, Romulo, and I think that's very often the way it goes. And it's actually very, very similar to how I teach people. When a, a fresh, total beginner comes in and starts taking lessons with me, I always start off with ground strokes first. 
because I feel like, you know, how can you possibly be a tennis player without being able to maintain a ground stroke rally back and forth? Uh, you have to be able to hit a return of serve and play. And I think it's probably just most satisfying for a player beginning to play tennis when they can just hit a ball back and forth from the baseline. And that's just a good fundamental place to start, in my opinion. After my student has become pretty competent with both forehands and backhands, I typically add net play to that. Now, there is no set formula. If you're just starting to play tennis and you love playing at the nets and you want to develop that first, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, I would encourage you to try to develop both parts of your game at the same time if possible, but to be honest, not everybody has the amount of time and ability uh, to to do that. Uh, We're not all blessed with the same athletic ability, and uh, very often uh, people need to pick pick one thing at a time to develop and then move on to the next thing. So from that perspective, Ramulo, yes, I think that's kind of how it works. You want to move from one element to the of the game to the next. I don't think most people can have the luxury of being able to take everything and say, "All right, this week I'm going to work on uh, my serve, my forehand, my backhand, my approach shot, my forehand and backhand volley, my overhead, and my return to serve." And I'm going to improve all of those things this week. <laughs> That's not really practical. Most of us should be picking one or maybe two of those things, really focusing on those and trying to bring them up in level. And then once you are satisfied, go and pick out one or two other things. And that's how most of you guys should be working through the progression of your tennis games. And you can shape and mold your playing style as you go, depending on which of those elements you like the most or which ones you pick up most quickly. Now, if you do have uh, the ability to work on everything at once, then God bless you. But that's not going to be most of you guys. And there's going to be kind of a natural progression uh, through different strokes. And you guys can pick how you want that progression to go. I I would encourage you guys to kind of map it out and uh, decide what you want to work on first and have fun with it. You know, enjoy going through and and working off, kind of checking one thing off at a time as you work your way towards being comfortable with all parts of the game. The last thing I want to talk about is tactics as it relates to all of these different styles. And hopefully you guys are paying close attention when I described the the four different types of players. And I I just want to throw out a a really simple tactical uh, thought to, uh, to you guys before I wrap up today's show. Very simply, when you guys go out and play tennis, watch for the different styles. And you want to try to put your your opponent not into a box. We don't want to say that, okay, well, this person is always a counterpuncher and they don't have any weapons, and so I don't have to worry about that. Everybody's going to be a little different, as I talked about earlier in the show. But try to notice their generalities. Notice what they really like to do. More importantly, notice what they really don't like. And then basically, you want to take whatever they don't like to do and try to make them do it again and again and again. If you're playing a a net rusher, somebody who comes in off of everything, you want to try to keep the ball deep, try to keep them defensive, and keep them away from the net. Or you want to work on your defensive shots and try to lob over them and keep them off the net. But one way or another, you want to keep them away from the net. If you're playing an aggressive baseline player, somebody who loves to hit the ball hard, you want to be steady, consistent, don't don't try to out-hit them if it's not your game, 
And if you can, try to draw them into the net. Uh, if you have good touch, good hands, try to bring them forwards without giving them too easy of a shot that they can just put away consistently and make them volley, make them hit overheads. It's probably not something they're comfortable with. If, <laughs> if they're an aggressive baseline player and they're comfortable at the net as well, well, you're going to have a tough time that day. You're going to have to pick out something that you can attack and make them uncomfortable with. But my point is, Pay close attention. Uh, Ramula pointed this out earlier uh, when I read his question. He talked about looking for these tendencies in his opponents as well as himself and being able to match up your strength, hopefully, versus their weakness. And that's really the the, the fundamental uh, truth and, and tactics. That's really what you guys want to look for first and, and try to exploit whatever natural things that your opponent is not good at. Uh, Ramulo, I, I want to thank you very much for your question. Thank you for writing me uh, from Brazil. And I, I hope my discussion of your question has been helpful today. Please let me know if you have any follow-up questions. But I appreciate you being a listener. All right. That does it for episode 117 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you very much for downloading today's show and giving it a listen. I hope that it was helpful to you. And please tune in every Monday as I release a new podcast, usually Monday afternoon here on the East Coast of the U.S. Before we wrap things up, I definitely want to thank a couple of people who have donated in the last couple weeks. I appreciate you guys very, very much. And those people are Sandro in Italy, Bill in Missouri, Ben in Utah, Max in New York, Charles in Maryland, Steve in North Carolina, Kelly in Alabama, and John in Texas. Thank you to all of you who have donated some some funds to the Essential Tennis Podcast. They, they really help me continue to do what I'm doing at the website and on the podcast. And if the Essential Tennis Podcast has helped your game and you appreciate the show, I would really appreciate a uh, donation of any kind that you can set up a subscription donation or just make a one-time donation to the show as well just go to essentialtennis.com and on the bottom right hand corner is a button that says donate so thank you guys very much for your support i appreciate it very much all right that does it for this week thank you guys very much take care and good luck with your tennis